Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate everybody for downloading. Uh, it has been a great couple of months here, and First Family of Waterfowl was fantastic on YouTube. If you hadn't watched that yet, it's on our YouTube channel, the Big Honker Podcast. Go check it out now, and make sure that you get subscribed. This podcast is brought to you by none other than Shin Gear. They, are, they started as a waiter company. They are no longer a waiter company. They are a full-blown uh, whatever you need Apparel. for a waterfowl. They got bibs, jackets. They've got all sorts of good stuff. Uh, Vest, caps, hats, t-shirts. Hoodies. My favorite is the bibs. I torture tested them all last season, and they stood up to everything that I threw in front of them. So. I just threw them out of my luggage. Can't wait to wear them all week. Also, remember the Shin Film Fest is going to be October 21st yep. in Memphis, Tennessee. It is not too late. You can get yourself. Uh, they got tables for sale, and then they've also got for smaller parties. You can get a seat if you need one. Got college football all day Saturday. Going to have some film fest, food, drinks, have a good time. Be lots of things to buy there, and that's at shingear.com. We're also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. I start my morning every single day with Dirty Duck Coffee, the Missouri Boat Ride Blend. It is the way to go. And if you're looking for a little afternoon pick-me-up, they now have a cold brew out. It is the King Eider cold brew, and that is how I spend my 3.30. So I am fully caffeinated, Dirty Duck Coffee, every single day. They've also got good-looking swag. You can go to their website, dirtyduckcoffee.com. You can get coffee shipped straight to your door or whatever merchandise you get. So go check them out. Also, we're brought to you by the boys up in Missouri, the Looking Glass Podcast. Head over to Patreon, and while you're at Patreon, you can look up the Big Honker Podcast because we have uh, three things a week that we release. But anyway, back to the the Looking Glass guys. Patreon, subscribe to their account, and you can take part in everything that they got going on. They are hilarious guys. Logan and Rebel are some of the funniest guys that we have out here all season long, so they can keep you entertained for hours and hours. Uh, we're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. Best spinners on the market, best uh, blinds on the market, whatever you need. If you're a waterfowl hunter, they got something for you. We just put our order in with Lucky Duck, getting some spinners headed this way, some blinds, a little bit of flappers, maybe even a rotary. You never know. Lucky Duck has got a bunch of brand new products out there, and they are going to uh, help you be more effective out in the field. So if you're duck or goose hunting and you need some sort of gadget, Go to LuckyDuck.com, get some stuff headed to you. Uh, also, we're brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. If you are a duck hunter, you should thank Ducks Unlimited because they are putting ducks back into the sky, uh, putting your hard-earned money at work. Uh, 80 cents out of every dollar that Ducks Unlimited raise, raises goes right back into conservation. So you can rest assured that your money is not being wasted. So help wherever you can. Ducks Unlimited. Dot com. Also, we're brought to you by Dive Bomb Industry. It is time for you to get skinny. Uh, duh, silhouettes, the way to go. They're quick, effective. They keep your trailer nice and neat all season long. You don't have to worry about the clutter of full bodies anymore. So, silhouettes are what we use every single day out here. If you are a spec hunter, Canada hunter, they got all sorts of species. They've also got floaters out. So, whatever you need. Die bomb can help you out. If you're that guy that's hunting a river bar, a sandbar on a river or something, and you're having to take two or three trips back and forth in the truck, get you five dozen silhouettes, carry them in there. The, the results are going to be as good or better than what you're doing, and it's going to be a lot less work on you. Best way to go there. 
DiveBombIndustries.com. We're also brought to you by the by the boys up at Pacific Calls. PacificCustomCalls.com is how you can see what all they got going on. The B uh, the BA Lester call is my favorite Lester call. They have two new calls out. The BBS, it's a big bore speckle belly call, and they got the BBG, a big bore goose call. They're both great. They run ph- phenomenal. So if you are a speckle belly hunter and you're looking for a new spec call, uh, you can either go with the 530, which I run, or you can go the BBS. Either way, you're not going to be disappointed. Uh, and my favorite duck call is still the PCD. So it's got my stamp of approval on it. PacificCustomCalls.com is how you get a hold of them. Also, we're brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. It is time. Uh, the War Chief is out there now. It is a buffered shotgun shell, and it is going to add 10 yards to your range. So whatever results you see at 30, you will now see at 40. The War Chief is the real deal. We have shot it. Knocks the piss out of them. So if you're a guy that needs a little bit extra range, the War Chief is the way to go. They still make a legacy product. The The original stuff that they've been making for the last five years are still producing that stuff. So uh, if you're happy with that, keep ordering that. But Once you shoot Boss, you're never going to shoot nothing else. There's no reason to. One shot and it's dead. It takes one, one, one. It only takes one. You don't have to finish them up. You don't have to shoot cripples on the water. You don't have to worry about chasing a bird down three miles away. Shoot boss. Two and three quarter inch, three five blend. That's the way to go right there. Uh, we're also brought to you by MLR Graphics out of Breckenridge, Texas. Michael is a great guy, good Christian man, and he makes all of our shirts out here. You can custom order anything. You can do it online. They can sell stuff. They got all the big brand names. They can custom do it for Christmas is coming. If you want uh, custom work done for Christmas, look them up, mlrgraphics.com, mlrgraphics on Instagram, and they're out of Breckenridge, Texas. Next, we're brought to you by Mossberg. The 940 waterfowl gun is what we shot all last season. It held up seven days a week. Rain, mud, sand, whatever we threw at in West Texas, the waterfowl 940, it held up. So uh, don't be sleeping on the Mossbergs. You see one in the gun case, take it for a test drive. You're going to like it. Mossberg.com. Uh, also, we're brought to you by Double T British Kennels. Mr. Corey has just had a litter of puppies. So now is the time. Uh, had a couple extra puppies that he wasn't expecting. So now's the time. If you were wanting a nice British lab, contact Corey. Uh, Britlabs.com and send him an email and he can tell you what we got to do. He stood up and and stood up for those, great, uh, those kids on that Gold Star hunt. Donated two different puppies to us. Folks, man's a... a as good a guy as you're going to meet, good as gold. The man is as good as gold. He raises great dogs. He does a great job training. Check him out, please. I highly recommend Corey Dudekin at Double T British Kennels. Next, we're brought to you by Hemp Hill Farms. Listen, getting older, is it's it's rough. You get allergies, different things start to hurt and ache. Hemp Hill Farm can help you with all natural CBD products. They have a nice salve that you can uh, rub onto whatever is aching. They've also got stuff in roll-ons. they got gummies. Uh, help, help with the ouchies. Go to hemphillfarm.com, farm with a PH and, uh, they will ship anywhere. So don't, uh, don't, don't be afraid to check them out. You know, listen, getting older sucks. You start aching. Sure helps to sleep. Two gummies every night make you sleep like a baby. There you go. Hemphillfarm.com. Next, we're brought to you by Alpha Outdoor Specialties, maker of the Stanfield stool and the brand new blind caddy. I'm going to run that blind caddy all season long. You thought my tra- my trailer was organized. Wait until you see the blind with the blind caddy. Alpha Outdoor Specialties, if you've got an idea, they are a fabri- fabrication company. They can mock up whatever idea you got. They made the stand-filled stools, 
and they're going to save backs of waterfowl hunters and A-frames all season long. So check them out, Alpha Outdoor Specialties. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Jeff, what dates we got left? I've got a few dates left in December. I don't have exact dates. I got December uh, 27, 28, 29, and 30. I can do a group. Uh, I've got a few weekdays here and there. I've got a couple of days still set aside for small groups of people. So if you've got one or two and you're wanting to hunt father-son hunts the week before Christmas, the week after, holler back at me, 940-658-3172 or stanfieldhunting.com. Thank you. God bless you and have a wonderful week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Chris Williams of Williams Knife. Uh, great, great guy. I mean, he really is. He's one of the coolest guys um, out there right now. Um, always willing to give back, and he makes an incredible product. It really, really is. All of his knives, from the bird knife to the deer knife, um, he's got a couple flippers, everyday carries that people can have, and now he's branched off into the culinary world, uh, making great knives for uh, the kitchen. So he's a great dude. I highly recommend all of his products, and um, he's just a cool guy to listen to. So here he is, Chris Williams, Williams Knife. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by Lucky Duck Decoys. I'm Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. That is right. Shot your limited birds this morning? Been a good four days. No, five days. We're five days in. We're five days in. Hunting has been absolutely wonderful. All I had to do a switcheroo. We did do a switcheroo today. Andy did not listen to me while we scouted last night, and I said, hey, I suggest we move back east about three miles. The birds are not coming this way. Andy ignored me. False. Logan was done before 7 a.m. By 8.30, Andy was done in the same spot. Yep. What do you mean it's false? What did I say that's false? <clears throat> Chris, does this sound like a suggestion? Whenever he says, hey, are you sure you want to hunt that place? <laughs> he says he suggested that I go to this spot. He said, uh, what do you think about this one spot? That's a question. That's not a suggestion. That is that is definitely a question, a loaded question. Right, that, yeah. Right? So now he's playing devil's advocate the next day when it didn't work out. Andy's been doing this long enough of all the guides. I, I trust all my guides, do I not? Yeah. And I let y'all do what y'all want to do 90% do. of the time. Yep. Every once in a while, I'll override y'all. And so I suggested, and I even drove back by it hoping that Andy would be like, ooh, that's what <laughs> I think I want to do. But he didn't bite on them at the suggestion I made or when I enticed him by going back by the field. So this morning when the birds were coming, there's about a seven-mile area that the birds come from the north when it's we're in a drought situation like this. And they've been feeding west of Knox City a bunch. We've been shooting a lot of birds west and east. Well, this morning, I noticed, and I noticed last night, the traffic had shifted back east. Well, it did it big time this morning. So as soon as Logan got done and went, we shot one limit real fast, I said, hey, I called Andy up. And Andy said, let me think about it for five minutes. I had a flock coming. I wanted to see what it was going to do. And then he called me and said, okay, we're coming. 
Now, the customers are great guys. They hunt with us a lot. The clients, and the client come in and thank me. And I said, oh, it was all Andy. He said, Jeff, I heard you on the phone. <laughs> so I got thanked by the customer for it. But anyways, it was a team deal, but we switched the people around. I have an actual, I had a corporation. I had a, <clears throat> I've got an oil company hunting with me this weekend, and they had a gas line break somewhere they're working, and they can't hunt. So I've got a hell of a special. If you want to come hunt this weekend, you can use their deposit for 10 guys. It's $450 to hunt the weekend. It's just for this weekend, that price ain't good for nothing else. I just have a weekend. This weekend, it's a last-minute deal. This comes out on Thursday, right? Yeah. If you want to show up here Friday night and have dinner and hunt for two mornings, it's $450 a person. So, like, a gas leak? like is, <coughs> A gas ooh, line broke or something. Is Texas in trouble? No, 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 no. This guy's work on a pipeline. It's an oh. oil pipeline broke, but okay. he got said, this don't happen but twice, three times a year for us, and he said, we have to fix it, and we will not be done by Sunday. There you go. So, anyways... But he said, you know what? We don't we don't want to expect to get our deposit back. He said, use it for somebody else. And I said, well, that's what I'd rather do. Perfect. So it was good. And he was not an ass about it. He goes, I don't expect to give any money back. I don't want to move a deposit. I understand business. We need more people like that in this industry. So, Chris, are your customers at uh, that that understanding? You got to introduce you know, him. Chris Williams, Williams Knife, <laughs> back on again. You are you've been on a whirlwind tour, and now you're an elf. And now I'm definitely going to be an elf from here on out. One chain to the floor for <laughs> sure. Um, going back to your, your question about customers, you know, our customers are yeah. fabulous, 100%. And, and, you know, one of my favorite things to do is interact with them. But I was going to make a comment about your clients. They are going to have some really good duck karma yes. from that from that gesture right there. That I, I was just thinking when you were saying that, that those guys are going to have one of the best seasons after they fix this pipeline that they've ever had. I, I feel it. Yeah. They're, most of our guys, and I think that's just, uh, there are some turds in the waterfowl and the hunting world in general, but I mean, I think most guys, you know, a lot of them are hardworking and a lot of them, you know, they understand, uh, they understand that things can happen and most of the guys are good in our industry. I, le I at least want to think that. Yeah, I would think I would think this industry in and of itself is probably from a percentage wise of good guys versus bad guys is head and shoulders above a lot of other industries out there. Yes. Yeah, most of the, I'm going to tell you right now, if you get into outfitters that have been in business for 5 years plus, you're going to find a lot of really good dudes or try to be good dudes. Now, it is business and we are in business to make money. And I hate to tell people sure. that, but that's the bottom line to the whole deal. And we get abused more than any other industry when it comes to people wanting rebates, free shit all the time. Every charitable organization <laughs> hits you up. A fucking plumber. There's nobody ever ask a plumber for a donation on doing a job. Never. But it happens on being an, an outfitter. I mean, I've never heard anybody say, hey, let's hit up that guy. Uh, if he'll throw in free plumbing for a house for a, a giveaway. It doesn't happen. But hunting is that way. But if you've been in business five years and you're still there and you're running a solid books of business, you're you're good to people or you won't be in business still. I, and, I, and I really, really I really believe, especially if your business is growing, especially with social media today, because we're kind of like that old saying, you, you see that meme all the time about if McDonald's screws up your order, you continue to go back to it. But if a mom and pop hamburger joint screws right. up your order once, all you do is chastise them on the Internet and you never go back again. And there's a lot of truth to that. There, there really is. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's it, the, the way, the way we look at it and the way I've always said, you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're only as good as our last product, right? We're only as good as our last experience. And, and I could see how that translates over to you guys business as well, but gosh, that's, that's so, so, so accurate in what you say. It's, it's the, it's the mom and pops that get the damn 
beat down, you know, um, for, for, for one bad experience. But damn, somebody will go sit in line at McDonald's, drive off, not have their fries, and go right back the next day, I, you know. Yeah. I'll teach no offense to McDonald's. I don't support the fast food industry, man. I just don't. And well, but uh, it, yeah, Chick Fil A never screws up an order that I know of. I've never been to Chick Fil A and got the wrong shit. <laughs> but McDonald's, I had many, many, many times. But I still go to some, I, and I don't shop at many of them many times. But Chick Fil A has better food, better products, I think, than McDonald's. Let's go. Speaking of customer service and giving back, to I'm gonna I'm gonna brag on your company. You sent me and Andy some knives a couple of year, a year ago when you were on the podcast this last February on it, and you sent us a bunch of knives, and we use them around here. One of them, I've got the shiv right here. I use I cut steaks all the time, and I use the it's like a fillet knife, and it's the best. I cut bulk ribeyes, and I use it. Then I went and purchased. Now this is it right now. I don't purchase many, many products. I'm not going to lie to people. I am a full hardcore. Blue blood Democrat when it comes to getting free shit because people send us free crap all the time. Right. I'm embarrassed to tell you that, but it's it's true. From fake boobs to tennis shoes, whatever you got, I'm gonna try my best to get a deal out of you. But I bought, I went online and I bought a, a knife from y'all and I bought a cleaver type knife for the cutting, culinary. The culinary knife, absolutely outstanding. Those two knives, I can cut two or three bulk ribeyes. I did yes, I cut bulk ribeyes two days ago. I don't have to sharpen them every freaking time I use them. They work really, really, really good. And I wanted to break out that. And when we did our Gold Star Hunt, you donated some lock blade knives. I don't know what you call them. Just the uh, flip the, knife. The pocket knife type yeah. deal. And you gave that to all those Gold Star kids, and I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much for those donations and for selling good products. Oh, well, 100%. I thank you guys, you know, for, for having me on and help spread the word. Um you know, when you when, when when you reached out about the event and told me, you know, the youth hunt, et cetera, that's, that's a no brainer. Um, I'm 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 extremely passionate about continuing to bring the focus of the outdoors to our youth because it's it's one thing that that was really really heavily offered to me as a young man, and um, I see so many kids these days that that especially my, well, my son's now he's 18. He's driving all over the place hunting like a madman. But, um, as he was growing up, we would bring his buddies with us and some of them had never put on camouflage right. before. Some of them never sat in a deer stand before. Some of them had never been on a duck hunt before. Some of them never hardly been in the damn woods before. And so it's, um, you know, and we have a segment of our, of our product line that caters to, to the indoors and the kitchen, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of, a lot of my products are associated with the outdoors and, you know, it's kind of brand longevity, right? The more we got, we got to continue to uh, educate our youth as into the, into our resources, our, our natural resources and the opportunities outside. So anytime I get an opportunity to, to do that, I, um, we try to bend over backwards to, to make that happen. So, um, you know, it's going back to your your uh, what you said a moment ago about in this industry, uh, you know, you, you get a lot of ask, yes. right? I get a lot of ask, um, and we try our best to 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 try to do something for for as many as we can, right? I, I can't do it for right. everybody. Um, we pick out a couple of really good opportunities um, each year, and uh, and really drive in hard and focus on those. And um, but man, anytime it's it's kids, we're on yeah. it. Um, cool, cool story not to get off track, but opening day of dove season, uh, this past 
uh, September, I guess. Yeah, I'm losing my mind here. Um, Christmas time, yeah, right? right? Uh, so, so opening day of dove season, I'm at a buddy's farm, um, South Alabama, great place, awesome you know, got a beautiful dove field, has a small group of guys to come out and shoot, one of which is a is a pastor and his young son who came with with uh, the host, uh, his brother-in-law, I guess you would say. And um, he had the, the pastor, his young son, with him, great guy. You know, you could tell that the young man had never been hunting before, et cetera. So I, I'm, I'm playing the duty of carting people out to their spots in the field on my players and getting people settled. And as I'm riding back, I'm thinking about that that little boy marching through the field, and I can see Banks, my son, doing the same thing. You know, couldn't hardly tote his BB gun with him at the time, and <clears throat> this kid had his little 410 ready to go. He and his dad. I mean, he was minding. I was like, oh my gosh, he's like better than than any kid I've ever seen, right? And so, uh, drop him off, get him out there. I'm riding back, and I just remember, I'm like, damn, I got, I got it. I actually have a folding knife that I that I was going to drop off to a guy that we couldn't make something, we couldn't meet up in my truck never been used, not open, in the box, ready to go. And so I grabbed that thing, took it back out. As I'm riding out, I see my man pop up from beside his dad, drill this one lonesome dove flying across the field, (laughs) drops it, runs out there. He beats the dog out there. It was unbelievable. And I, you know, hauled ass across the field and handed him that knife as as he was getting to his bird. And and gosh, just, you know, I got the the nicest thank you note in the mail and and just – it was like it was just one of those experiences and as as i drove off i saw his father and him just kind of looking at it you know and his dad showing it to him and it's just just a really really cool experience to uh to to, you know hand a guy hand a young man a knife on his the very first i think it's the very first animal he had ever harvested so uh just really really cool really cool deal those are fun those are fun moments um because you can kind of start to see the the young boy start to mature in a way, you know, when he's out in the field and, you know, when things like that happen. Um, I carry I carry that that pocket knife that you sent us. I carry it everywhere. It's what I carry now. But, um, <clears throat> you know, kids they really really start to kind of mature right in front of your eyes. And you know, it's kind of it's kind of the step to manhood, if you will, having a pocket knife and. Uh, Mike, you know, I, I hope that my kids will always kind of carry a pocket knife because, I mean, you never know when you're going to need it and you're never going to know if you're ever going to have to, God forbid, defend yourself with something. But, uh, sure. you know, it, it's just kind of that you start to see that they're on that track to manhood in a, in a sense. 100%. I mean, you, after the hunt, when we were all standing around, you know, we've got our, all the birds together, we're getting ready to clean. You, you could look at the young man and just see his confidence level had completely changed two from two hours ago you know prior to prior to that experience and i just thought you know part of me was like damn i wish i could go back in time and like shrink my kids back and have them back out there doing that with me again (laughs) you know then i get the text picture from my son and he's you know got his buddies and they've killed a massive limit and and um, he's headed to go do it again the next day it's just time's fleeting man if i have any advice for anybody out there enjoy those moments don't become a knife maker and miss out on all these all these cool outdoor activities yeah it it really is you know my uh my oldest is nine now and i kind of started doing the math the other day he had a birthday in october and uh, i was like well like we're halfway there basically like another night if we do this the same nine years over again he's gonna be 18 and you know ready to uh conquer the world and this first this first nine years i remember bringing him home you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, 
in South Carolina, you can drive at 15. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, you know, and, and I know that's only a year different than most states, but man, it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a game changer. My, you know, my son had friends that were in, in middle school with him that had been held back. You know, South Carolina's a big sports state, yep. right? And, and, and a lot of them hold them back. So they'll be the biggest and strongest of, the, of that grade. But he had kids in middle school who had damn permits. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so at 15, you know, 16, he's, he's, a great kid trust him to no end and and man he is just an outdoorsman t- to the to the hilt and he um so nine years or 18 years of the last the last two and a half have been he is he is really just turned into this just this young man you know it's like where are you? I got to text you and find out what kind of cool adventure you're on this weekend. You know. So where did you go right as a parent? Because you know I'm kind of in that. You know I got a nine nine year old and a five year old. So it's like they're they're you know we're coming up on that time where I'm gonna have to take a step back at least you know with the nine year old and then later with the five year old. But like, what do you think it was that you did right that you can just be like, all right, I trust you enough to go out there and make the right decision. Gosh, I don't know if I did anything right, honestly. Um, I, I, you know, a I got some. I, I got some. I was blessed with, with great children, boy and a girl. Um, but um, you know, one thing I always did, I took him everywhere mm-hmm. with me. Took my daughter a lot of places as well. She, she's 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 awesome, unbelievable, bleeding heart, never wants to hurt an animal. So she she's not into the to the to this space, the outdoor space, as much. Um, but I took my son everywhere with me literally took him everywhere with me. It's like, it's like my lab, you know, my lab goes everywhere I go, everywhere I go. And if he can't come or she, excuse me, she can't come, I don't go, you know, that's, that's just, that's just the bottom line. And so, um, I took him just for places where his mom was like, what in the hell were you thinking? Um, kind of thing. And, 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 uh, I let him sit in some deer stands early on by himself. Um, you know, after, after not, you know, after, after seeing him, and his proficiency with with a bow, et cetera. But um, you know, I got turned loose at an early mm-hmm. age, and I felt like I, I owed it to to my son Banks to do the same thing. Um, you know, he's not a perfect child. He's made he, he's he's made errors in his life, but he's made a whole lot more successes, and it's and he he's earned that opportunity to to, to be set free. And and what I find is is that the more freedom that we've given him and turned him loose. Um, the more I don't, we don't worry about it because he's respectful. He's respectful. You know, he is, he's got this inherent, you know, appreciation for our, our resources outdoors. I mean, he, like he can, he can damn score a deer on, on the hoof, like nobody's business. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. He, he just harvested a fabulous deer a week ago, like killer deer for South Carolina. Um, over 140 inches, which is a good deer for South deer Carolina. Anywhere, really. Um, yeah, one one hundred percent. And uh, called me from the stand, Facetime me, and was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I think I got, you know." Um, but I don't know. You don't know that I did anything right, other than just 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 keep my fingers crossed. And and you know, I've always I've always told them this. I've I've told both of my kids this. I've said manners, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. And respect your your fellow citizen, no matter who and where what they are, you know, anybody. That'll take you so much further than education, money, like anything. And and uh, you know, I take them places, and they're like, "Damn, your kids are well mannered. Like they're so well. Like they're 
yeah, been, we've been beating it into right. them, you know, early on and, and uh, not right. literally, but, um, you know, that, that was important to me because it was important for my, from all, down through my lineage, you know, be respectful still to this day. If, if somebody, if I feel like that they, they're even a day older than me, they're getting sir or ma'am or whatever. I have so many people say, please stop calling <laughs> me, Mr. Please saying yes, sir. Hey, I'm not going to do it until right. you tell me, you know, but, um, but that's, you know, I don't know. I've been real blessed. And, and I just hope, I just hope that there's more people out there giving young people a chance, you know, because that's, that's what's going to keep them off the damn telephones, mm -hmm. right? It's what's going to keep them off all this crap on social media and shit that they see. That's like, I mean, I saw some of your podcast stuff. Our world's on fire, yeah. man. I mean, it is, it's, it's unbelievable. And it's like the more that I know he's in the woods doing his thing with his buddies. Um, Man, it's just my, my heart feels it feels at ease. Um, yeah, you know, the, he's found girls and he's got a girlfriend <laughs> and all that good stuff too. You know, ain't like any other eighteen year old. But uh, but but just been real blessed. I mean, building a damn duck hole for his senior project. Like nothing wrong like, with that. Unbelievable. Like I want to go back. Right. That <laughs> we we need kids with manners. That's hard to find these days in the South. It's not. It's still not that uncommon. And I'm not trying to put barriers on things, but when you get up north, you don't find very many adults with banners. I say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, to old ladies at cafes. Or if the ladies here that work for us ask me something, I say yes, ma'am, or no, ma'am, just out of habit. It's just 100%. It's just like, when yeah. I was a judge, I'd have kids come into court all the time, and I'd make a kid say yes, sir, or no, sir. I mean, I would we we can sit here all day long, and you can say yeah, uh huh, uh, and just look at me. But until you say yes or no, sir, we're not done. And I was the boss in that room, and until I let you go, you weren't going to go. And I made them say yes or no, sir, to me. The kids that come into it, I'd find myself giving them a better deal, yes sir, no sir. And I could <laughs> I could have the biggest yeah. piece of turd in town come in and see me, and if he said yes sir, no sir, I was a little bit more lenient on him just because he was respectful. Now, when he walked out that door, he could call me a fat bastard. I didn't care. <laughs> But in that room, he was going to be respectful. And we just don't teach. We don't people, not just kids, adults. We do not have near the respect in the world we should have when it comes to manners. We really don't. And, and you know, and that's such a simple, simple thing that translates so big. You know, I mean, it has it has such powerful implications, just like you said, in, in, as in, the, in the legal profession, a young man or young lady coming in front of you and. It, from that, from the first sentence, you know, mm -hmm. whether, whether they're, whether they're a respectful, whether they're remorseful, whether they're, you know, sincere, et cetera. I mean, and that, that translates over to anything else in life. And so, yeah, I, it ought to be taught in school, but these damn schools, you know, I mean, it's like, I, I guess you'd get in trouble if you, if you made kids learn yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am these days. I don't, I don't, and I don't understand why it's that's really, such a, an issue, but if you ask a waitress, if you go to, I don't give a shit if you're in New York. If you're in Minneapolis, if wherever you're at, if you ask someone up north, a waitress, who says yes sir no or yes ma'am no ma'am to you, it will be people from the south most of the time. And I don't understand why people up north don't want their kids to have manners. And I'm sure there are a bunch of them that do. Um, and, and and we're in the yeah, hunting business. Sure. Most of the people we see see, see are like minded, and they're going to use their manners. The the best in the world is the people in the southeast, and I'm not talking Texas. I'm talking about people from Louisiana. Mississippi and Alabama, Georgia. I don't know about Florida as much, but they call my wife Miss Michelle or Mr. Jeff. 
And I love that. I, I, I absolutely, when I hear a kid say that, it just makes my heart feel good because they have manners and respect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, one hundred. My 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 children, any 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 you know woman in their life of, of you know whether it's friends, mom, person at church, person at school, whatever, it's Miss you know X Y Z Miss X. I mean, that's just that's just what it is, you know, I, it, and. Like I, I won't put up with any other any other thing. There are not many rules. We got like I said, there were two rules. You be respectful and use your manners. And that's it. And if you think about that and you boil it down and you have respect for your for your fellow man and fellow fellow woman and you and you're respectful to them and you use your manners, I don't I don't need to tell you what time to be home. I don't need to tell you what you shouldn't go do on Friday night. I don't need to tell you because if you're respecting right. me as your elder, then you know what to do, right? Um Again, nobody's perfect. They have they, they they slip up from every once in a while, and and uh, but you know, I don't know. I I tell you this: you keep doing what you're doing. The kids, your kids are going to be great because they're going to be surrounded by people in your industry. You you've got good people right. around them, right? Um, yeah. I found that that's helped a lot as well with mine, and um, you know, e- even my daughter, not not the just sit here and talk about my son all, all the day. My, my daughter, she's a damn trip. Like we're going to see Morgan Wallen this weekend in Atlanta. It was canceled. It was her Christmas present last year and it canceled in July. And I thought she was going to have a nervous <laughs> breakdown, you know? Uh, so we're going this weekend, but I mean, she, you know, she, she, she's the same. She, she's the same. She's, she's, uh, you know, 13 going on 23, but, but she is, um, but but she's a respectful 20, 13 going on 23 year old, you know. My uh my 9 year old had the last couple of days off at school <clears throat> and I took him hunting with me. And um you know, he's getting to the age now where like he need, you know, get, people would come up and kind of talk to him and you know, he he's always been kind of shy at first, but it's like, you know, you you need to break out of your bubble a little bit here, kid, and you need to figure out how to communicate with adults. Or with anybody. I mean, you know, he gets around his peers and I don't think he shuts up at school, but you need to get used <laughs> to talking to uh, adults and people. And like you said, yes, sir. No, sir. And if somebody asks you a question, look them in the eye, tell them, you know, be clear with your with your with your speech. And um, because, you know, at the end of the day, you're going <clears> to <throat> your life is only going to be as good as the relationships that you form. You know, I saw somebody say, you know, if you want more money, shake more hands. Because, you know, everybody has a resource and if you can make a, if you can make a connection or, uh, some sort of friendship, you know, that translates over into your business one day. And I don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to have to communicate with people at the end of the day. Sure. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're an ugly man and you live North, learn how to use manners and have a little Southern draw to you and you won't have any problems picking up women. (laughs) because <laughs> they don't ever hear that it's it's kind of like a girl with an english accent if a girl from an english accent goes to a bar in georgia every man around there wants to hear her talk and they're attracted to that what 100 percent? yeah so if, you're, so if you're an ugly dude in the south go up north and you can find your woman take your That's manners right. yes ma'am no ma'am take your hat off when you introduce yourself to a lady because I think women in Texas fall for that cowboy bullshit right oh, there. Yeah, they, do. they take that old hat off, man. Would you like to dance? And I was always leaving my hat on, saying, "Yes, man. <laughs> would you like to dance?" <laughs> I was just in. I was just in Texas this past weekend, and um, man, you know, it's 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 and, and driving across. You know, we drove. 
driving and we stopped along the way. But so I was, I was through Georgia or Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, and, and just, you know, interact even at, even at the damn gas mm-hmm. stations, you know, it's like, just, just, just different down yeah. here. I, I could never see my, myself, myself leaving. Um, and, and it is, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different mindset. And I don't know if that's because everybody down here, not, not to take anything away from up North. I mean, there was plenty of hard work going on down there, but man, there was some hard ass work when you're working down with mosquitoes <laughs> and 110, 120 degrees. I don't care what it is. There's all the hard work drilled into people growing up that, that is, that has created this culture. But anyway, that, uh, yeah, I, I wish mine, I wish mine were nine yeah. still. I tell you that I, I really do. That would be so cool. Yeah, the next, uh, you know, you, you try, somebody said that the, de- <laughs> the days are long, but the years are short. And that's the truth. And I was trying to explain, he asked, he asked me about, that's what's funny is last night we were going to bed and he asked me, he's like, dad, what does it mean? I heard somebody say the days are long, but the years are short. He's like, that doesn't make any sense in the world to me for the years to be short. The days would have to be short. And I'm like, well, you'll get a little bit older and you'll understand like, you know, the days are long, but the years are short with them. And I mean, now here we are, we got a nine-year-old and a five-year-old somehow. And you look back at all the sleepless nights that you had and, you know, so-and-so peed the bed and it's like, you got to fix that. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hiccups along the way, but it goes by in a hurry and it definitely has. And you're going to miss it when it's gone. I'm telling you right now. Do you think mom missed changing the pee in the bed? Yeah. The other day, uh. Andy's boys and our granddaughter, one of our granddaughters spent the night with us. And, um, I heard, a, I went to bed, I went to our oldest son's room. Michelle still names our rooms after the boys. Like they still live there. And, um, one of our guest rooms, I went and slept in because we had three grandkids and Michelle. And so I went and slept in the room so I could get some sleep and I had to be up about six to meet all the hunters out and stuff. And Michelle and them didn't have to, she was going to sleep in with the kids. And I hear this. I hear a big corruption. I look at my or a bunch of noise. I look at my phone. It's one thirty-eight in the morning. I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" Well, the grandkids use Michelle up anyways. I thought there is no way in hell she's letting them up at one thirty, and she's making something for them to eat in the kitchen. But I didn't. But I did not put that <laughs> past her or them. And I, I opened the the hallway in front of the house, and my youngest grandson or my middle grandson now he's not the youngest one anymore is sitting there Winnie the Pooh in it. He all he's got on is a t shirt, no underwear or nothing. And Michelle has a pair of white panties, girls' panties, and she's like, just wear them to sleep. I've got to wash yours. And he's like, no, call my mom. She goes, your mom is not going to come pick you up at 1.30 to put underwear on you. He had peed in the bed, so she had to strip everything down and wash it. No, she probably doesn't miss that. But we were in the grocery store, and she was bawling the other night. And we we just landed. We'd been on vacation. We come back, and we stopped at the grocery store on the way home, and she's crying. I mean, tears running down her eyes. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? You know, we're on the canned good aisle. There's nothing bad here. She goes, I was, she goes, I'm going to make taco soup tomorrow. Cause it's getting cold. And it just reminds me of when the boys were little, she goes, does not, that not just bother you? I said, did you're making taco soup or she goes, no, that the boys aren't. I said, yeah, there's a lot of things I miss, but I can think of a whole lot of shit. I don't miss about them being little too. Like changing the bed. Well, yeah, one thirty in the morning, a kid pissing on the bed with you, and you wake up with a sweaty back, and it's not sweat, it's piss. No, I don't miss that at all. But I think everyone misses their kids being uh, small to a degree. As your kids get older, you get more freedoms because you don't have to watch out over them as much. You have to watch them, but you get that freedom, and that's I think that's the best thing about it, as your kids get older, you have more of your own personal freedoms. But I don't think we ever get over. I miss being daddy. 
is the biggest. I, I miss being called daddy more than dad. Because daddy is all about love and hold me and let me hug you and love on you and daddy this and daddy that. Dad is usually followed by dad, can I have some money? <laughs> oh, 100%. So, yes. I, I miss being daddy a whole lot more than I do. Now my grandkids call me judge, and it's all about fucking money all the time. It don't matter what it is. It's worth figuring out how to get some money out of me. Uh, I still have daddy for my daughter. My son, he's he's graduated to dad. Um, yeah, so I know the dad comma and, and whatever's coming <laughs> after the comma is 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 expensive some, somehow or another. Are uh, you looking forward anyway, to this yeah, Morgan Wallen concert? Funny. There's going to be a lot of people there, I bet. Tell me, Are you that? looking forward to this Morgan Wallen concert? You know, I I am. Um, I'm I'm a fan. I, I think that uh, he, he probably isn't my country music that I would just turn on the radio and listen to. Right, mine would have to go back a couple decades. But I think that he is one hell of an entertainer. Right, um, I think he is. I think he's masterful at his craft. And and anybody anybody that's a master of their craft, I'm just amazed at. You know, I watch all these crazy shows from time to time of just people doing cool ass shit that they're badass at. You know, um, but yeah, so I am looking forward to it. And again, it's the suspense of of him canceling in the summer and then it being pushed all the way back to the fall, um, and the wait time has has kind of created this sense of of excitement for my daughter. And we're taking one of her friends. I mean. You know, you know, you're a good friend when when somebody shells out for you to sit down in the, you know, in the, go to the pit at Morgan Wall, and <laughs> it, you know, it's like, damn, about to mortgage my house to do this. But um, yeah, it, it's it's gonna be fun. Um, I know some of the some of the guys, um, not Morgan personally, but but I, but I know some of the folks that that he works with in the industry, and I got a lot of relationships in Nashville, and um, you know, of course, we've talked about this. I'm a music guy, so um. And I've seen him several times, and and it's uh, man, it's 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 theatric to say the least. And he's not lip syncing, right. and, and 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 for you know, you go out and you watch all these other artists. I don't go out and watch all these other artists. I do go. I love going to like small venues and seeing cool bands, et cetera. But um, any of this lip syncing bullshit, this pretend, like I can't, I can't do it, right? But that Morgan Wallen comes out and for three hours he gives it 110%. Yeah. It's, it's insane. And his band, the musicians he surrounds himself with are fantastic. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Atlanta's not my favorite place in the world. No offense to anybody (laughs) from Atlanta that's listening. Um, it's just, just not my, not my speed to say the least, but, uh, but it is, um, Believe it or not, I've never, I've not been to Truist Field. I've not been to see the new Brave Stadium. Um, love baseball, and I've not been there, so I'm not going to see it in a baseball atmosphere. But I'm going to get to see it, obviously, for the concert. Um, and it is nice that it's in uh, November as opposed to July, because I can only imagine what the temperatures in Atlanta would be mid-July. Uh, we hadn't had rain in fucking a month, and uh, it's supposed to rain for the first time Saturday oh, night. So that'll be nice. <laughs> could get interesting. Yeah, we got rain gear, yeah. man. We'll uh, we'll we'll survive. So if I had to make a decision, a choice to go see a concert with Morgan Wallen, with a hundred thousand, eighty five thousand drunk ass women, or go to a baseball game, boy, that'd be a tough choice for me. I don't know which one I would rather 
do. I'd rather get my head sewn to the carpet. Was it? It was Morgan Wallen, wasn't it? That the the ladies fought in the Porta John. Wasn't that his concert? Yes. It, y- yeah, <laughs> it, it was. And and I, you know the 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 crowd watching it at yeah. his events are are uh, are of all you know. It's very interesting to say the least, right? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, leaning I'm with towards, you, Jeff. I'm, leaning toward, I'm a baseball man. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards the concert then if you're going to see some chicks fighting. I would just camp out at the porta potties <laughs> and watch them fight. I cannot, I can't watch baseball. There's no way in hell I could go to a nine inning baseball game. So I guess, did you say he plays for three hours? Mm-hmm. Son of a gun. Oh, every bit Son of it. Of, oh. Every bit of it, and and his opening acts, he incorporates them so well. Um, I saw him a couple of the, the t- several times I saw him before Hardy was with him, and um, you want to talk about a guy that's like has has his own genre. Yeah. Um, and I'm a rock guy, you know, and 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 man, he he's a hell, he's another performer. Writes a lot of Morgan Wallen's music, and um, and another gentleman, Ernest, and uh, Ernest is actually opening up for him in Atlanta, so it'll be cool. But um, yeah, the, the 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 Morgan Wallen atmosphere in November will probably be a little more uh, comfortable and and conducive for 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 fun. Um, but I'm a sucker for a baseball game, man. <laughs> there's something about there's something about summer baseball that that I love. I mean, it's it's a uh, you know that's, that was my sport, so that's I don't know. I'd I'd be torn. I guess in this situation, taking my daughter and one of her friends down, that, that's a no brainer. But um, I don't know how he's because you know, he his lifestyle is not conducive to a long career. He's gonna have to. I think he's gonna have to change something. I think he's no different than any other <clears throat> musician. I mean, you think so? I, I, he ain't no different. No David Lee Roth or Axl. Rose. Well, they, that's not two very good examples of guys that lasted very long. So <laughs> maybe he needs to have more like Elton John's lifestyle because Elton John's been around forever and he's <laughs> one of the greatest ever. I'm gonna put. El- I think he just broke a million girls' hearts by, <laughs> by, by, by well, with that comment, Jeff. And I'll leave it right. at that. Yeah. I would honestly put Elton John as one of the top five musicians of all times. Not musicians, singers, entertainers, oh. whatever. I mean, and hell of a performer. yeah. I mean, I'm just and the guy he plays the gay part so. Bar- I mean, he was in Vegas and me and Michelle had tickets to see the bitches back concert. I mean, that guy. He's proud of who he is, but he's so talented so talented and so i mean i don't know most musicians are party how many musicians do you know that aren't big time partiers right yeah i guess you're right i mean i'm sure there's some of them out there you know ted nugent says he never took a drug in his life but i find that hard to believe but i'm sure he has no reason to lie about it i don't know yeah that that i you know i think that um I think I think more than the pressures of the substance and and whatnot is the is the pressures of the being tugged on and pulled on from a million directions. I, I think that's something that if the if if an artist or an entertainer can can manage that and handle that, you know, it's their long their 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 shelf life is a is a lot more. Uh, it's expanded than than if not. But um, yeah, he. I, Physically, I can tell you this: He goes out there for three hours, and he performs like he—he he probably sweats more than the, any damn shortstop or second baseman that's ever stepped foot in Truist Field. I can promise yeah. you that, one hundred percent. Since you're a big rock star, a rock fan, musician, who's the greatest rock front man of all time in your mind? Oh gosh, man, of all time. Um, well, I'll tell you, I, I think. 
I'll tell you this. In my generation growing up, I think the Black Crows is the best rock band oh, of, of, my, of my generation. Like, I, I personally think that um, from a band standpoint. Now, is Chris Robinson the best front man? I don't know about that because he's got a lot of help behind him. Um, but, you know, from a performance standpoint of what I've seen, and I've seen a bunch, um, I mean – I don't agree on a lot of his views, but Eddie Vedder's a badass. Like he's a badass, and he can he can get up he can get up in front of people and 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 do it, you know. Um, and he's had, I mean, clearly they've had longevity as, as well as he has. Um, man, that's such a hard question because I love so much music. I hate to alienate anybody. <laughs> um, I mean, David Lee Roth, the guy was a machine, right? I mean, he could. Who can jump up and do splits and and, and not lose a beat and stay in <laughs> that's tune? My, that's I mean, my that, vote. <laughs> that's athletic as, as yeah. hell, you know? But that's my vote. Eddie, I like Van Halen. I liked him with Sammy, and I liked him with David Lee Roth. Um, I like Axl Rose as a front guy. There's been a lot of them. They got Poison. I know everybody always wants to trash Poison, but Brett Michaels, they were damn good when they were doing their that little five- or six-year window they had. But I think David Lee Roth, 100. when he was with Van Halen, was the best front man than would talk about putting on a fucking show. I mean, he flat got after it. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, all those guys. Um, I mean, Eddie Van Halen's one of my guitar heroes. Like, and, you know, it's so cliche, right? But he, but he is. Like, he, the other night we were flipping through um, something, or it was when we were traveling, we were trying to listen to stuff and find stuff on YouTube to play through the thing. And, and we, we pulled up uh, Eddie's version of, um, eruption um it's i can't remember where it was at it was at like wembley stadium or somewhere and i mean he, he does this like 20 minute version of eruption where it's just him playing on the guitar and like that stuff geeks me out yeah. you know again it goes back to somebody who was a master of their craft and, and like i aspire to be um you know one of my greatest claim to fame is popular mechanics did this did this uh feature one time on makers right and uh there was there was a whole six or seven page article and there were a bunch of different people in there great fabulous like people making badass shit like way above knives and stuff like that but there were two dudes in there that had full pictures side by side one was eddie van halen and his guitars and one was me and my knives and i was like i have made it this is the pinnacle of my career i'm done i'm out this is this is it man did you ever see bob seeger perform I have not seen Bob Seger. Big fan. I've not seen him. I would say he's 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 in there too for sure. I love his voice. I don't know. Have you? Did you ever see him perform? No, but I would like to. And he's one on my bucket list of guys. And I think he finally he might retired. Need to hurry. Well, he was doing some casino deals last year. Me and Michelle were gonna me, me we were gonna go to Wisconsin or somewhere and see him. And something happened. We didn't go. But he he's on my list. He's damn good. Talk I, about an iconic voice. Like there's, no, I mean, any Bob Seger song comes on, and as soon as he starts singing, you know it's Bob Seger. One hundred percent. I mean, he's like Robert Earl yeah. King. You know, who's who's a friend and and a and a and a, and a, and a client friend, etc. Of mine. It, you, first note, you know exactly who it is. Like, and there's there, there's a handful of those kind of people it, over time that that you hear. Elton John's yep, one, yep. you know, one note, and you know it's him, right? Joe Cocker. Um, oh, man, yeah, fabulous musician. Talk about somebody who maybe didn't quite handle things. <laughs> well, he was, a ba- <laughs> he was a badass, though, wow. He was a badass. There's no question about that, 100%. That guy could, that guy could do it. And, um, 
But yeah, man, there's there's a ton. I mean, you know, you, I start I start thinking back about some of the Southern bands. You know, the Almond Brothers, man. I mean, you know, and the, the Almond Brothers themselves inside the band, both just fabulous, fabulous performers. Um, you know, I, there's so many. I mean, I Metallica. I love Metallica. Yeah. Like, I, like. If, if there's some blue in my day, put a little metallic on, it's gone, man. It's out, out, out the window. Love those guys. Um, I, seen them several times, and they're, they're unbelievable. I don't know if they're making rounds again, but for whatever reason this summer, my Facebook feed was flooded with Metallica. It was him in the backstage getting ready to perform. I think they played like a couple of, like a series of shows at, at one venue. I think, and I think it might've been out at the Staples center somewhere this past year. I saw that as well. And was thinking, Holy shit, man, that would be killer to go see. <laughs> Isn't it amazing though, that the old bands can go and fill up big stadiums and stuff. And there's very few young guys that can do it anymore. And I'm, I'm sure like Morgan Wallen, he can fill up a big arena. Mm-hmm. Kenny Chesney can fill up big arena. And there's, there are young guys yeah. out there that, and, and Kenny Chesney's not young. Hell, he's 60 years old almost. But there, yeah, there yeah. are very few people to take over when these guys – like if David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar got together with the Van Halen guys and they said, well, they can't, Eddie's dead now, and said, hey, let's go and Wolfie's going to come play for us, they could go on a big tour and they could fill up 10 arenas somewhere with people that would want to go. Be a bunch of old geriatric fuckers in the stands, but they could do it. And the, and the young and it, and yeah. the young guys and it would sound yes. good, yeah. Mm. There, it would, you know, it it, it would sound good. And, and the, yeah. the young guys can. The crows. You talked about the black crows. That song. She talks to angels. Mm-hmm. One of the best rock and roll songs of all time. De- definitely. I mean, you, you know, I think we we talked about this on the last podcast too. When we were talking about iconic songs, and and somebody mentioned Hootie and the Blowfish, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Darius Rucker. And I just saw yesterday where they're going they're they're going on a summer stadium type tour, and and tickets go on sale. They're playing Fenway and and like uh, Wrigley. And I was thinking, holy shit, if those guys can go out there and do that, man, that you talk about some longevity they're, they're, um, and great South Carolina guys, you know, I mean, those guys are awesome. And they're going to awesome Fenway. Guys. Yeah. When they're going to play Fenway. I'm going to look that up when they're, I wonder who's going to be with them. I wonder who they're touring with. Oh, uh, so it's Edwin McCain and collective soul. Oh, and it's that whole genre of got uh, bare naked ladies. Oh. It's that whole group <laughs> of like bands from that, that era. You know, my, I was in college at that time. So I'm thinking, man, this is badass. You know, I'd love to go that see was, that genre. That, that era of music was like when I got into music, that was like my junior high formative years, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. That was, that was what I grew up with. So like for, for like when you guys talk about the eighties, Hootie and the Blowfish was it for me. That era of music. Which I would argue yeah, is I the mean, last it, great era of music. Well, it's, it's not today's music for sure. Play, the last great era of music played with real yes. actual musical instruments. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, again, that's that's one thing about this Morgan Wallen concert this weekend, you know, that there, there'll be some, there'll be some electronics and there'll be some stuff like that, but he has, he has the, some of the best musicians that I've ever seen. I mean, his guitarists, his drummers, his, his, you know, uh, all his backup guys. I mean, his, his steel guitar guys. I mean, it's like he has musicians playing real musical instruments and um, not fucking computers. Right. Like drives me insane. Yeah. 
drives me absolutely insane. Are you on the Zach Bryan bandwagon? I, I, I like his music and um, just, uh, just saw him at Rock the South this summer uh, for the first time. That's the first time I've seen a great musician. Um, probably not who I go straight to, but right. he's certainly a fabulous songwriter. Um, yeah. Clearly he's doing something right, right? And uh, I, I, I wouldn't say, you know, again – he was awesome live. He mm-hmm. he sounded. I will. I'll give him the. He sounded as good live as he does on his recordings, and that to me is important in the music. You know, you go right. see some of these people, right. and you're like, "How in the hell did they record that?" You know, it's like they don't sound anything like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but um, he 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 did not. He, he was really good. I was talking to somebody the other day. They were a big vinyl vinyl collector, and they had they had just gotten the Zach Bryan. Um, Maybe it was Red Rock. I can't remember which one it was, but they were so excited. They had seen they had seen it deliver on the Ring Video doorbell, so they were so excited to get back home and uh, jam out to vinyl. Uh, Zach Bryan. I can't remember what album it was though. So new 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 artists are putting out vinyl now. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I did not I mean, realize it's, that. It's uh, it's and they're expensive as hell. Really? Um, it's you know, I guess it's I guess it's really if you think about it. They don't. They don't sell CDs anymore, mm-hmm. and don't sell. You know, it's it's a money making type thing. And and I collect vinyl. It's funny you, you say that about that. I, I picked up a, a, a used copy, but a really meant copy of uh, Traffic's uh, Low Spark of High Heeled Boys. Yeah, you know, like uh, two weekends ago up in Blue Ridge, Georgia, I found it, and I was like, holy <laughs> shit, man! This is not, this, <laughs> I can't believe I found this thing. Um, but yeah, that uh, the, the the new the new music and, and artists are I I think are are putting a lot of emphasis on using that vinyl as a way to get people back into the old record stores, mm-hmm. right? And get people, there's a really cool one in Birmingham, Alabama, um, uh, called Seasick Records. It's awesome. I mean, you go in there and like, they have everything from the oldest of old to the newest of new. And um, I can spend hours in there flipping through and looking at all that stuff. Yeah, it was. Uh, I just looked it up. It's a summertime blues vinyl from from Zach Bryan, but they had just got it delivered and they were they were basically ready to go home. Just quit everything. Just get me to the house so that I can turn <laughs> out to, to Zach Bryan. That's crazy. But like when you think about it, like yeah, CD sales are in the toilet. Nobody buys that. But like people are going way back to get vinyl if they're going to get anything. Yeah, I mean it's and and the and the you know I'm I'm looking I'm I'm here at my office I'm looking over and I have a I have a vinyl I have a, a it's a new uh, turntable but I have these killer like walnut you know handmade speakers that that it it the send sound through off of it and it's it's amazing it, it's a bad habit from an expense <laughs> standpoint so it, it, unless you. You know, it's just kind of like turkey hunting. I tell people, like, unless you want to do it all the time, don't start. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's and, it, and it's amazing that they can make new technology that makes the album still sound mm-hmm. old. The, uh, right. Did you grow up? H- how old are you? Oh, man, I'm so old. I, I quit counting. <laughs> um, n- n- no, I'm 49. Okay, you're, you're six years younger than me. Do you remember record stores then? I do. I do. And the reason I do is because my father 
um, who his main profession is insurance. Um, about to retire this year. Dad, if you're listening to it, man, I hope you have a lot of fun after this. But um, he was a musician. My grandfather was a musician. My dad always played in bands. My grandfather always played in bands. My grandfather was an old country music guy, played the stand-up bass, was a hell of a singer, could play guitar, could play anything with strings. My dad's kind of the same way, lead singer type thing. And so, But he has a – you want to talk about somebody that has an addiction – to vinyl that guy's gonna need like if he downsize he was talking about downsizing i was thinking where are you gonna put all the damn 45s you've got you know it's and we've got several old jukebox that we've restored that's got killer old music bob seegers and the one in our place at the lake and it's um man that's 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 one you cut that old 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 you know i'm trying to think of which one is at the lake but um which which jukebox because there's one there and there's one in, in columbia but um man it just something about it just sounds good so yes growing up as a child I, I probably was kicking and screaming but i can remember my dad taking me to record stores there was one in particular in charlotte north carolina and i remember going up these steps and it was upstairs and he would spend all damn day up there and i was like I, hell i was probably out playing in the street <laughs> in downtown charlotte who knows what i was doing <laughs> But I think that some of that rubbed off on me, and um, now it's it's funny when I'm with somebody and a song will come on, old song, and, and it's like you know I know the words. You're like, how the hell do you know the words to this song? It's like I don't know. I get just I listen to music all the time as a young man, whether I wanted to or not. Because I I remember going to record stores, and I remember when it was you either got records or you got cassettes, and then I remember when you didn't see as many albums, and it was cassettes or CDs. And then it was just CDs, mm-hmm. and it's just crazy. And now we're going back to records again. We'll never, we'll never deal with cassettes and CDs ever again. But I think you know the records are going to be back. They're going to be here forever. And and I just Jeff, I I stood in line at a record store when waiting overnight when Use Your Illusion came out. <laughs> great, that's a great one to buy. <laughs> Yes, it was the, the double. I, you know, like I think I was like sixth in line, and it was like a two or three disc minimum or maximum you could buy. And, and the, the, this little store only had a handful. Luckily, I was able to get both of them. But I literally stood in line for those things. It, it, um, nobody does that anymore, no. you know. No. Did what was your favorite song on that album? Oh my gosh! Oh um, yeah, November rain or I mean yeah, that you Civil, know yeah, I like obviously Civil that, War. Yeah, Civil War is <laughs> the hit hard. I mean that that's that that's it. That's a good one. Um, funny story about Guns and Roses. I, I when I was in high school, I went to see, or maybe I was in I was maybe I was junior high. I was young. Somebody had to take me, but I went to go see Motley Crue mm. and. Um, this little unknown band was opening up for them. This was at the Coliseum in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, they came out, and it was damn Guns N' Roses. And they killed it. And that was back when they were, like, straight out of the Troubadour and just, I mean, wild as the day is long. <laughs> um, flash forward a few years, and I saw them. Um, I saw Metallica open for them at, at Williams Bryce Stadium, the South Carolina Stadium. And um, – Metallica kicked their ass that night, but uh, I think the, the, that six or seven year stretch of taking its toll on Guns N' Roses. But um, yeah, man, that uh, 
I don't know, man. I could talk about music all day. I know that is what this is all about, but um, no, it's a talking. No, you know, I'm in my we, we talk about all kinds of stuff. I saw, <clears throat> I saw Axl Rose and Guns and Roses at a frat party before they were anybody's. Didn't know who the did wow. not know who they were except this little crackheaded looking skinny fucker with long hair could sing and could belt could it. Sing. And yeah, they he sang "Welcome to the Jungle." They sang a bunch of other people's stuff and they sang theirs. And he sang "Welcome to the Jungle," and about. Three to six months later, I was working, and I'm in a delivery truck at a furniture store I work for, and Welcome to the Jungle came on the radio. And I go, that's that song that little you know, little skinny bastard was singing, and that was them at a frat party. But what, wow. what a voice and a show. But when, when he was on stage singing, it was better than anything else there by far. I mean, you just could tell they had no business playing at a frat party. Yeah, that, those guys, you talk about energy. Man, those guys did had you, it. Did you, you know? see him play November Rain at uh, Lisa, Marie Lisa Marie's funeral? funeral? I have not. I need to no, check you that out. Skip yeah. it. it's, it's embarrassing. It's bad. Uh, oh, yeah. is it really? It's okay. Just, it's gotcha. him and a piano, and God bless him. I could have done a good job, and I can't even, I couldn't carry a to tune in a suitcase. It's terrible. It was bad. Bad, bad. When he played at Williams Bryce Stadium, when they played there that year, he, uh, I think November Rain was the opener of their encore mm -hmm. set. And so, and he rode out on a damn Harley on stage towards this piano. All of a sudden, this bright light shines down on the grand piano, you know, and it's dark and, and you can hear this motorcycle and the light hits Axel and he, he's driving over and he gets over the piano and he stands up off the motorcycle. And, you know, throws the kickstand down, and he's going to step on the bench. And when he did, the damn motorcycle laid on its side. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the crowd went crazy. It was like, you know, like the biggest mistake that turned into the coolest thing ever. Uh, but he killed it that night. I mean, that, that was probably the one real highlight from, from the guy that I know, he, he, there's a lady in his town. She's a little bit older than he is. The guy's my age. Lady's in her 50s probably now. She was at a uh, Motley Crue concert, and Vince Neil picked her out of a crowd, and she she was on the tour bus with him for a couple months. They got tired of her, I guess, and they just dropped her off at a bus. Of, or no, no, no. They went inside a convenience store, and when she came out, the tour bus was gone. Did we just hear this story recently? Because <laughs> yes, I can't tell you who it is because he lives in a small town. But I'll, But somebody was telling us this story in our yeah. office the other day. Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. heard this story too. I was trying to think. I think I know who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, picked her out of a crowd, brought her backstage, said, "Hey, oh, I know who it is now. You yes, want to ride with us for yeah. a couple of months? You want to ride with us?" Didn't tell her how long, and I guess she met her expiration date and came back outside from the from the uh, convenience store, and tour bus was gone. She had to call her family to come wow. come get her. <laughs> I guess she had a little a different experience in Court of Cox <laughs> right? with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Huh? I had a neighbor girl. I, I had a neighbor girl that lived down the street from us. It was pretty good looking. She was older than me. I grew up in the seventies and eighties, so this would have been probably around nineteen eighty two, eighty three. When did Rat come around? Probably eighty two or eighty. Wrong right. Probably eighty two yeah. or eighty three. And so yeah. I was fourteen years old, and she was probably twenty two or twenty three. She was that hot chick that lived down the street that wore the parachute pants and the high heels and had her hair all fluffed up and. Teased all the little boys, you know, would wear the little bikini like Phoebe Cates on Fast Times. <laughs> anyway, she went to a rat concert, and they tossed her around the bus a couple of times. That was her claim to fame. Oh, really? oh she was proud of it. 
Oh, she wore oh, proudly. Oh, so she was a proud, proud moment of her. She slept with whoever the rat lead singer was. Oh. And probably the bus driver and everybody else in the deal. <clears throat> I guess. Hard, hard life. She lost, a, she lost a high heel in the parking lot. Oh. All the older boys would talk about it all the time, and so I would get in on the conversation a lot and listen to her better. I wonder whatever happened to her life oh man that's a damn trip one of my one of my biggest uh heroes is as a in that in that era was a fellow I played baseball with and uh but he he was he could play the drums as well and, and I, I i can remember going to him his house and him like you know going over and over and over again on rat i mean it was like until he had it perfected i mean God, I hadn't heard that name in ages. That's that, this afternoon is dedicated to rat. Round and round. <laughs> round and great, round. Great tune. Tommy yeah. Lee recently did an interview yeah. and he said he would drink two gallons of vodka a day. I don't know how that's possible because I know how hard it is just to drink one gallon of water in a day. I don't know how you can drink two gallons of vodka. He says it's true. That. <laughs> I, I don't, I, you know, I saw, I saw that too. And, and uh, I think I saw it in an article or something it was talking about. And they were saying the same thing. It's like th- that much liquid in a day in and of yeah. itself, when you're not exercising or doing anything is, is can put you into some kind of ketosis. <laughs> right. I don't know what the hell the big word is, but I was, I was like vodka. <laughs> like seriously, no wonder they torch in hotel rooms <laughs> and tearing down the city. <laughs> mad mad Damn. Russians, basically, is all that you are at that point. If you drink that much vodka. He looks better than anybody yeah. else in that band just about <laughs> does, though, still. Yeah. No, Nikki Six does still, though. He looks... No, Slash. I saw Slash the other day. Slash looks like he's in pretty good shape still. Well, he's got the hair. Slash is still playing some music. And um, I, who was it that I saw? Uh, he was producing some stuff as well. And, and, and I was, I, I saw, and it was, it was not anybody in the hard rock genre. And I saw that Slash was a producer and I was thinking, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, guys, I'm another great guitar player, yes. right? Fabulous guitar player. Like I can think the cigarette in the, in the damn tuning area of the guitar, you know, on the end of the neck, like, I wasn't a smoker, but damn, I play guitar. I, 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 I'm not gonna lie; I did try to recreate that a couple of times. <laughs> he was a, he was a great musician. There's no doubt about it. Well, you know, another thing that shocks me about the music industry is how does somebody like Willie Nelson ever make it? The guy's a terrible singer. You know, nobody wants to terrible bad singer. About Willie he's a wrong time, like always, his timing is all. You know, I th- he has his own timing, right? It's mm-hmm. like. And it's never in sync with the band. And I think that's what's made him so iconic. That and just his badass lifestyle, right? Um, but yeah, not a great singer at all. No, and he's a terrible singer. Is he 90 years old now? Got to be close. 190. 190, <laughs> yeah. At least. I mean, he was an old yeah. fucker when I was a kid, and I'm 55. Yeah, he is. He's definitely, but he's still out there doing it. Like he's still this summer. I saw that he was out on the road and had you know Chris Stapleton and a big stable of folks playing with him. And I was thinking, that's a, now there's a guy that that I think if he stopped playing, we would lose yes. him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I listened to um, I really Willie's did. Roadhouse on Sirius. I think his name and his daughter is a DJ on there. His daughter's got that old cough, that old smoker's cough, and she's 87 years old herself. I think. And but she's one of the DJs on there, and it's funny listening to her talk stories about her dad and all his old friends that are dead. Because I was a big Waylon Jennings fan. I like Waylon a whole lot more than Willie. Oh man, love Waylon. Yeah. yeah, love Waylon. Love Waylon. Love Merle Haggard. Man, that Chris Christopherson, that whole crew. You That's know? another guy that can't sing though. 
can't sing but played the hell out of a guitar and, and really helped the, the horsemen keep it all together, you know? <laughs> Maybe the smartest guy to ever play a guitar because he was a Rhodes Scholar. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Chris Christopherson was. I didn't know that. Yep. <clears throat> but he's a terrible singer. Which one was born in Littlefield? Was that Waylon? I think Waylon was. Buddy Holly's, they're all that. That's They're all from around the Lubbock area. That's, of Texas. that's a guy right there that would have been – I'm not going to say he would have been bigger than Elvis, but he was on his way to being huge, huge star of all time if he wouldn't have been killed. Yes, his trajectory was definitely d definitely on the same track, if not on more of a upwards thing. What, I mean, just a shame. Like you think about some of the people that made such iconic music and, and art that that in such a short window, and then we're gone. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, there's and. It always seems it always seems like plane crashes, you know. Damn, that choking, is, but, choking um, on your anyway, body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gosh. Would you have? Uh, yeah. Would you have been? Would you have liked to have gone to like Woodstock '69, or is that uh, not really your cup of tea? That's a lot of people. It's a lot. It's a lot of people. Um, you know. I'm not a traffic guy. I'm about as I tell you, I'm going to Atlanta to see Morgan <laughs> right. Wallen. Um, I'm not. I'm not a traffic guy, but um, you know, it's it's one of those things. I guess it's it's ha having the hindsight of it, right? One hundred percent, I would say yeah. yes, just for the experience. Correct? Um, would it in if if it was me back then at the time? Would I have I probably with my mindset now, probably would say no. I'll just wait to you know wait till it comes out on on damn record right. one day or something. Tapes come out, you know. But um, man, there was some iconic music made there. So we'll talk about Joe Cocker. Yeah. Good lord, I mean, killing. But it. they didn't expect it to be that big, did they? No. No, 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 no. I I watched a documentary the other day on like it was like the Woodstock. Recreation oh, thing. Did, have y'all seen that? Yeah, you know, where they just <laughs> yeah. people fucking destroyed the whole place. You know, it's like I mean, there. That in and of itself it shows exactly what's wrong with our world. You yeah. know, I mean, exactly what's yeah, wrong. I watched. Well, one of the one of the. I things. saw a video the other day of a of a concert somewhere, and I did not know who the hell it was, but I couldn't turn it off. But this music, the, the singer was telling everybody to get to the left and get to the right. And they cleared out this big hole like for a mosh pit. He's like, go kill your guys over there. And they take a run and they just hit each other, knocking the shit out of each other. And I was thinking, what kind of fucking idiot pays money to go get the shit beat out of him by some other <laughs> idiot? And I thought, you know, you could have taken, you could have put, you could have put Elvis Presley in Central Park in 1963, and you could have brought a million people in there, and there wouldn't have been any incidents at all. Probably nothing big. You can't put 300 idiots together today without some some bitch wanting to stab shoot each other or having to do it just society has derailed it's terrible but people yeah. enjoy this all this new music today i don't know i'm not a i like music but i like old music there is very few new things that i like that comes out the very few and i listen to this we can tell you're an old curmudgeon i am an old curmudgeon what is this new music that's just all just it's it's pure just Hard, heavy, heavy, heavy shit. What Jeff, do they call that's it? That's been around forever. What do they call that shit though? Metal. I don't it's know. terrible. Like <laughs> Nirvana was good. This shit they have today is terrible. I'm sure your dad said the exact same thing about Metallica. Four Guns and Roses. 
Now, he used to bitch about me listening to Van Halen all the time because this he would. This shit ain't music? No, he'd tell me Roy Clark was a better guitar player than Eddie Van Halen. We'd have arguments about that all the time. <laughs> but my dad was oh, right man. on one thing. He told me Garth Brooks was garbage, and by God, by his third album, he was garbage. Dad was just ahead of his time on that. Agree to disagree. Gar- Garth's first two albums were great. We're just gonna we're just gonna agree. What, to what's on his third album? That's good. I don't even know what his third that's, album. That's exactly. That's my point because it sucked. His first two albums, he was Garth Brooks. <laughs> By his third, he was that fucking alternative person he thought he was, mm. and he was going on Oprah wearing fucking pajamas and crying. Mm. That's not a country music artist. Okay. That yeah, I mean, there's 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 some pretend, and um, I you know I, I saw Garth at the Ryman a couple years back, and somebody was got me a ticket last minute went up and saw him and, and was not had no idea what it was just going to be him acoustic right and um turned out to be a great show trisha yearwood came out sang with him a little bit at the end but he he went back he he didn't play he we well, played a lot of his songs portions of them but he actually went back and played a lot of music that influenced mm-hmm. him bob seger being one of them um and 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 I, that was good and then i also saw him in when uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, when they he was the first concert in the new stadium in Birmingham, um, UAB's new stadium they built for the World Games, and and he, he was good too. He's a performer, but from a from a what's cut and what's recorded on 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 well not records or tapes anymore, but on the damn digital computers, whatever. You're right. I mean, he kind of he kind of used up all his good ones on the first on the first couple ones. I, I feel I'm looking like. at the third album. <laughs> Okay, what is it? Rode- the- Rodeo, What She's Doing Now, Papa Love Mama, Shameless, The River. Okay, Shameless is probably the only one of them songs worth a shit. You didn't like Rodeo? No, it's some cheesy-ass fucking song, no. What She's Doing Now, Papa Love Mama? <laughs> what She's Doing Now, she left his goofy ass because he went with Trish Yearwood, so no. His second album was really good. Yeah, yeah definitely. But and, and so was his first one. First one was good. First one was excellent. Second one was good. He had a... That's a, he he had a badass song with Chris Ledoux. I can't remember which which one that was on. I don't know if he put it out on his album or if Chris Ledoux put it out on his. But that, that was that was probably one of my favorite Garth songs. Ooh, I'll have um, to look that up. Um, it's not the one. It's not the uh, much too young, is it? Much too young. Feel this damn old. No, it's a it's it's kind of a fat. It's kind of a fast pace. It's it's a it's an old country you know timing song. Oh, okay. Um, but that's when he was country. Uh, what you gonna do? What you what you gonna do with the cowboy is yeah, kind of the yeah. hook. I don't know what the name of when it is. Cowboy, yeah, yeah that's exactly. His first two albums were good. That was good Texas rodeo music. It was good shit. Then he become Hollywood and put on silk pajamas and went on Oprah. And I didn't have no use for his ass after that shit. And then he, who the fuck comes up with another name to be somebody else? His alternative person or whatever it is. Colin Baton Rouge was on his sixth album. That was that might be his best song ever. So he that, he probably wrote that song on his first or second mm, album okay, and waited right, till the sixth yeah, to do yeah. it. That makes that makes Colin Baton sense. Rouge is a great song. Makes perfect sense. But Jeff. so you're telling me you think that Garth Brooks' third, fourth, and fifth album were better than his first two? I didn't say that at all. I'm asking you. I'm just saying you said that they were all garbage and they have got okay. So he had one good song one. in his last 27 years of singing. There you go. Okay, perfect. So tell me, we're going to switch now before I bitch slap Jeff over here. Um, you've, you've got uh, you've got a new knife to your collection since the last time we talked. The the glide folder that wasn't out yet, was it? When we talked last. So the the 
the bigger version was, and we made a smaller, more compact one um, that is quickly becoming our bestseller. I mean, it's it's it really is probably the, the best knife to ride along in your pocket from a from a weight standpoint. Um, does not have the flipping mechanism, but it is assisted, so it so it's pretty quick mm-hmm. opening. Um, good knife, real good knife. I have to get you boys some. Let you try. Why? Them out. Uh, why is that becoming your your bestseller? Just because it's more compact and people like it in their pocket more? I, you know, I think that uh, I, I think there's a combination of maybe maybe that maybe people you know there is a big faction that every ounce right. counts, right? And um, but. You know, there's also a group I think that wants wants something new. You know, um, wants to try out something new. I, I don't, I don't know. It's it's a great knife. I love it. I love the lines on it. Um, it's 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 an interesting knife, and it's 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 something that we worked hard on to try to make the the first thing to fail on a folding knife is the pocket clip. Oh, really? If if used, if used. For its for its intended purpose, right? If it's not, a, you're not using it as a pry bar or some <laughs> some bullshit like that, right? Um, the first thing that's going to fail on a folding knife is the pocket clip because think about it; it's being used really more than yeah. the knife is. Honestly, yeah. it's in and out of your pocket every day, right? And so the way we designed it, the the, the clip actually comes up and it, and it makes a ninety degree and then makes another ninety degree and then the back side of it is actually embedded into the frame of the knife on the opposite side. For you to break that damn thing, you're going to be hanging upside down on the fence or something like that. It, it, you're going to be in trouble before it breaks. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. I'm trying to get to the picture of the backside. Oh, okay, I see what you mean now. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's and it's and it's and it's screwed from both mm-hmm. sides. Mail, mating screws from both sides. So it, you know, pocket knives is hard. It's hard because. Well, first off, using natural material on folding knives, <clears throat> that's that's a thing in the past. It, it moves too much, and over time, it just it doesn't have any longevity. Now, if you're going to put it up in your, in your safe or put it somewhere like that, the old cases and the old stuff like that that had bone handles and et cetera, great. But, um, so it's, it's all synthetic material on, on folding knives for the, for the doers, mm-hmm. right? And um, the problem is on the frame of that, the synthetic's great for every single functionality of it, except for holding threads. Mm -hmm. So when you run, when you're threading it and then threading into the metal frame of the knife itself, there's only a little portion of that metal that's catching those tiny screws. And ultimately if you use it and you pull it in and out and in and out and in and out, now we'd like to hope that, that ours hold up longer than the others, but you're going to, you're going to loosen those things out and you're going to, you're going to screw those threads up. So because of the material, the way this is designed, it's going through and it's got a damn male and female locking bolts, for lack of a better term, but they're tea tiny, coming together, holding it in. So like I said, if it's in your pocket and you, you know, people, people all the time, will, will not my knives necessarily. I mean, we have had some, but, you know, I hear it and I've broke other brands knives before. Catching them on fences is like classic, oh, right? right? Or catching it, getting in an all-terrain vehicle or something like that. Um, and bending the clip, um, you catch this one on something, it's going to either rip your damn pocket <laughs> off, or it's going to flip you upside down on a barbed wire fence. So it, it's it's not going to break. Um, 
it's 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 an interesting design it, it kind of looks funky at first but and it's super tight when you first get it but once you use it a couple times it's 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 unique and it's it's those little things like that yeah. right that that has when somebody thinks about a knife that's probably the last damn thing the they think about clip. that's the first thing i think about you know it's like not the first thing but one of the first things because i want it to be in your pocket all the time if the damn clip's not on it or if it gets loose and it doesn't feel comfortable you feel like you're gonna lose it you're not gonna carry it so the cutting edge is then it's it's out the window already anyway so um that and then the uh you know, the locking mechanism on it, that's the old uh, uh, McHenry Williams design that Benchmade had leased the patent from them for years and years and years, and the patent finally expired. And, and so, um, you know, I, you hear all these knife nuts, and it's like, oh, they, you know, all these brands are stealing the design, stealing the lock, blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, shit, it's, it's, it's one of the safest locking mechanisms on a knife. On ours, you actually have to have both fingers on either side to make it disengage for the blade to close. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to slip with one finger on the side and make it close, et cetera. And so being able to transition that into a product, you know, it's, it's a tried and true, very like safe mechanism. Um, it's those little details that start coming together in this tiny little tool, right. That, um, that I think makes these, I think makes the glide super cool. Um, Somebody had a knife the other day, and it was one of those, um, what do they call it? <clears throat> it shoots out the front, and I was like, "Oh yeah, you're going to have forward something. I was like... A switchblade? No, no, it wasn't a switchblade. They, they call them, out, out, I mean, they literally, the term that I always hear them call is out, out the, the front. Yeah. Um, OTS, and I was like, you know, and you're, it's, you're it's, trusting that locking mechanism a lot, putting that thing in your pocket. You are, and... 100% that and the fact that there's a ton of states that you can't sell those really in. and so we don't even fool with them because why well, make a product that it's that yeah. you know half your market and, and again the safety the safety functionality of those things they're cool novelty yeah. you know if you want to keep one in your in, in your vehicle for a you know get out of jail free <laughs> card quick kind of thing um yeah but I mean it it's no faster than that flipper if you carry it. I can promise you that. I mean, that, that, that flipper with the bearings on the other side is, is just as fast as that out the front, and it ain't going to pop open in your damn pants and cut your femoral yeah, artery. Like, you know? I was like, you know, he was sitting down and everything. I was like, if that thing somehow were to disengage, like that's going right into your femoral artery. Yeah. You're going to bleed out right <laughs> here. I'm not even going to know what happened <laughs> because the time you tell me what happened, <laughs> you, it's done. <laughs> in a hurry yes you know? so but that's just crazy that you know you to me i i'm looking at your knives now and you know i see all of these other things and then you're like no that damn locking mechanism and the and the pocket clipper what i had to figure out well i you know again it's it's all the little things that make it make you want to carry mm -hmm. it right um again it can be the best cutting tool out there but if but if it doesn't feel comfortable if it if it doesn't stay put, if it doesn't not break, if it doesn't stay locked, if it doesn't do all these other tasks, then the cutting part of it doesn't matter. Now, when it does achieve all those other tasks and you get to the cutting part of that knife with that M390 steel, man, that stuff is the wonder drug for the knife business. I mean, it is that is some serious business right there. That stuff is maintains an edge and is easy to reestablish if you should nick it or do anything like that. But it is, 
you hear all this new stuff about all, all these, you know, Magna Cut and all these crazy, you know, other steels out there. But man, this the M390 is badass. Now, is that something real bad? Is that something actually. that's uh, is that newer or is that just kind of an old favorite from a lot of people? No, so it isn't. It when I say new, it's not last week right. new, but it's it's um in the in the last couple of years new. Um, you know, it was designed by Sandvik, um, which is a big uh, steel manufacturer, um, Swedish company that that designs steel. They they have the they have the chemist guys in there that know the molecular components to put together to make to make super steels mm-hmm. i guess you would say um that's what it is super steel it's like magna cut l max any of those um and the super steel basically is is something that's going to be sharp have carbon have the sharpness characteristics of a carbon knife have the corrosion resistance uh characteristics of a stainless steel knife and then combine those two together where you can you know stainless steel knife is great doesn't corrode etc but they don't hold an edge very long and, and it's hard as hell to get an edge back on them. A carbon knife is going to corrode. It's going to patina easy to reestablish an edge can get them sharp as hell. And so they've, you know, over the years, there's been definitely the CPM 154 that's in that flipper. That was the M390, you know, five years ago right. kind of thing. So um, it's just like anything, you know, they're, they're, they're making something better and greater. And, um, and in that glide, it's it's it things a workhorse, big time. How did what did they make knives out of a long time ago? Like cowboys and Indians type thing. Was it all just the the fl- what was it? What they made arrowheads out of? Obsidian was the sharpest, but just rocks. I mean, different kinds of rocks. Wasn't obsidian yeah. is the sharpest? Flint. Yeah, and then and then you know flint for their tools for their for their arrows and cutting tools and hand tools. I was out in, in Texas shortly after we mm-hmm. talked, I believe. And, um, in the hill country, we found this cool, like kind of, it almost like steps on the mountainside and all around it was all this Flint. It, we, we found a couple of arrowheads, but we found more like hand tools, right? You could see where they carved up, where they could hold it in their hand and use it as a, as a cutting tool, you know, whether it was on hides, etc. Um, but you know the 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 interesting thing is Damascus, which is so such a pretty steel, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and there's Damascus is a is a big name. That's like saying cheeseburger, right? right? And there's a whole lot of different kinds of cheeseburgers, but it's kind of the the big name. And and there's a you can put a lot of different components together to to create Damascus. But Damascus was a um, you know it was a product of functionality and resource availability at the time when, when Damascus came around in Damascus, um, they were gathering different ores and combining them together to try to make a a sword that would be both sharp and hard and last, you know? Um, so, and it just happened to have the swirls and the different colors and, and, and whatnot that the different, that the different molecular components of this, the steel ore, created right it's I'm, I'm not a chemist so <laughs> excuse me if my vernacular is a little bit off but that that's 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 the that's the the uh damascus for dummies version right. of it um it went away for a long time people thought it was crap you know that everybody had to have just pure strange steel and, and as as like 
as molecularly consistent across the board from the heat so you could heat treat it properly etc cetera, etc cetera. but now you know it's had such a comeback and um technology certainly advanced it and uh you know i i, I love it I, I wish i had i wish i had more time to, to to make more stuff with it and and do it but um you know i think we talked a little bit about this in, the first time i was on with you you know the goal of my company is to make products that you can go out and use right. you know um <laughs> I don't, I don't want them to be sitting on your shelves. Um, I don't want you, you know, and there are people that do that, but like, you don't need to spend money on something that you're just going to put away. Like I, at least in that, that's just how I, I feel, you know, when I buy stuff, I use right. it, I use it hard, man. Um, and, and that's what I want our products to do and stand up to the test of it. And so, you know, using all those little things I was talking about, about the folder, that creates longevity, creates the ability for you to go out and beat the shit out of it. And we'll talk 10 years from now and you, you know, if, if, again, if you used it for the task that it's, that it's intended for, you, it should be riding right along with you, yeah. man. Um, so you have no interest in like making like a bone knife collection or anything like that where people, where it would be like a shelf <clears throat> product. Um, I've made plenty. I made, you know, I, that's that's where I got my start, right? I didn't have the big capabilities to to do big production type stuff, and especially with uh, the the G10, the synthetic material, because it's it's such a pain in the ass from a from a pollutant standpoint, containing that dust and all that. I didn't have the capabilities doing that. I had a fucking carport <laughs> and a little teeny little thing, you know. And I didn't even know you're supposed to wear a dust mask until about a year into it so who knows what my longevity <laughs> is you know <laughs> i may be worse than the two gallons of vodka who knows um but uh but I, I i enjoy those projects and i and i do from time to time um post christmas i have some opportunity to do some of those things and i have some really great customers that i've done product projects for over the years have some events that i do some things for um that are real high-end materials um, you know, I've got a, I've got a gentleman who's, who's, uh, whose dad passed away, actually dad and mother passed away in this, in this, in this same year. And, um, the other day he brought me a deer antler that his mother had harvested with, with him, had gone out and shot and he brought the handle from his dad's big green oh, egg shit. to me, the wood. And I thought, I was like, damn, man, this is going to be badass, you know? I mean, and it's just a cypress piece of wood, you know, that was on this big green egg, but it has a lot of meaning to him. And um, so I'm going to make him, make him some knives for he and his brother to uh, out, out of this material. And that, you know, that kind of geeks me out a little bit. Now, you know, is that kind of cool. like a layup to you? Because, like, I would just be like, oh, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck up the big green egg handle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, it will be handled with care at that, for, for sure. And, um, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll study it before it sees any machinery um, to, to make sure we get it right. It's, it's funny you say that. I had a guy, this has been, gosh, this, I bet this has been eight or nine years ago, called me and, and a, a good customer, and I'd made some high-end stuff for him before. And, and he's a world traveler, adventurer kind of guy. And um he said, you think you could inlay an elk ivory in a handle for me? And, um, you know, me being dumb and naive and, like, didn't want to lose his business. Oh, sure, you know, hell yeah, I'll figure that shit out, you know. Well, 
That's uh, complicated. Let me tell you, that's complicated with to maintain to, to inlay it and maintain the integrity. It took me a long time to get it, but I ultimately did, and and um, it's really beautiful. It's right at the butt of the knife on the on each side, each ivory, and um, really cool. But yeah, that that one there was some sleepless nights. Um, that that, and I also inlaid a, a a young man from Charlotte, North Carolina, his grandfather's dog tag into a handle Ooh. of a knife and man that was that might have been my most nerve-wracking type thing because like even when i was trying to buff the knife out at the end to get it you know pretty and shiny and all i didn't want it to take any of that patina mm -hmm. off of that old dog tag and so um so yeah so so layup is there's some there's some layups, but there's some damn half court shots too. I can probably <laughs> was the dog tag durable. I mean, it obviously you made something out of it, but I mean, was it ever in jeopardy of like breaking or anything or being brittle? It was very it was. pliable, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, which 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 is the I told him I said I need you to send it to me, you know, and and I mean it was so precious to him that he didn't say yeah. we met like but like an hour and a half drive both ways and met and he handed it to me. Right. And he would check on that damn thing like every week, you know? Um, but it was, it was very pliable that the, you know, I don't know, I guess a tin or, you know, it felt, I don't know if it's aluminum or tin or, or what they made them out of then, but um, you know, it, it would bend. And I asked him before I did it, I said, can I put some contour into this thing so I can put it into the roundness of the handle? And, and he said, sure. And, and so, Man, that was that that was that was nerve wracking. That you know, that's, that's some shit. Yeah, you can't like replace. you can buy a new big green egg handle and fake it. You, you know, yeah. You go find your deer <laughs> antler. Yeah, that's the same one. I promise. A dog tag. Yeah, that's that's yeah. tough. Have you have you uh, seen no faking? No faking have you seen the knife that uh, is it? Billy Gibbs, one of the guys from ZZ Top's a big knife collector, and I. A guy made him a knife out of an old uh, ski a ski lift, the cables from a ski lift at Albuquerque, and made him a, a knife or something out of that, and it was pretty interesting. Because I, that I, is cool. Yeah, I, I've I, I've not seen that one, but I've seen some stuff that people have done um, <laughs> with metal from from interesting interesting places. I uh, another really cool one in this that, that I did. Um, this is again on, on the handle side of things, but a gentleman, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember how old he was. He, he, he was, he was elder and, and, and on up there, but he was having his, you know, hundredth. it wasn't a hundred, but something like that kind of guys get together with his old, uh, naval buddies. And, um, he sent me one of his old dress blues and we cut it down and made old linen, like like the old linen micarta that used to be kind of the staple for knife handles. We made that from his, you know, old dress blue uniform. And then he presented, you know, we used some of the red and some of the blues and some of the whites in it to give it kind of the swirly effect in it. And um, he, he gave it to his buddies. But, man, he sent me videos of them, and it was like bringing grown men to tears kind of thing. You ever, have cool. you ever watched the for is it the show called the forge where they make all the knives and hatchets and axes have you ever seen that yeah yeah fi uh, uh forged, forged and, and fire. fire yes and it's always yeah. interesting to watch how they do it some of their cutting deals is you got guys got to cut a rope real fast and do all that shit i don't know about all that but 
The craftsmanship on those knives is amazing. And the traditions that have been handed down years after years after years, just it, it shows the. I just can't imagine a blacksmith in the 1700s, the stuff that he made out of sweat and brow. I mean, it's just crazy the, the way that they've done that stuff. It, yeah. I mean, to think that you can't, you know, they couldn't plug a machine up to do anything, right? Everything, everything was, was with fire and biscuit powered, like my granddad used to say. Yeah. I mean, it was damn blood, sweat, and tears. Um, but yeah, there's some there's some extremely talented crafts, craftsmen and um, on that show, and it, you know, I I don't watch a ton of TV, I, but I and I haven't seen it in in quite you know probably the last few seasons. But it's it clearly has an interest level because it is well, it's got to be on like season twenty five or something now. You know, I mean it's it's been around for a little while, so it's it's neat because the interest in in that, right, in, in, in people making knives, um, you know, we, I think we talked about this before, like it's man's oldest tool, yeah. right? I guess you could kind of, you could, there's a debate between that and fire, right? Um, but, I mean, it really was. And, and, you know, I keep that in mind a lot because, it, you know, my company, we got to make functional tools that literally were, were what helped us evolve into what we are, right? put us in this place where we can go out and hunt or put us in this place where I can go to a damn concert. You know, it, it all started right there. Like, you know, we, so, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a respect level to, to that. And, um, you know, I, I think about that a lot when, when we're making stuff and designing new products and whatnot, you know, there's, there's all kinds of crazy cutlery out on the market, right. With all kinds of crazy, mechanisms and uses and all this stuff and it's like i just want to keep it simple man i just want to make tools for people that are out there doing it and that they can pass down and um you know this new culinary line that we've we've we started i've, I've always made culinary uh, knives but not in a full-scale production like we're doing now and and um and disclaimer i'll be the first to tell you i'm i am I'm not the guy in the kitchen that can like <laughs> chop up, you know, whatever. Right. But I did go spend time with guys that could, and I did learn what they liked and I did learn why they liked it and how they held the knife and why they held it that way and what they liked from a balance standpoint and what this does and what that does. You know, I did educate myself on that and took that back in and kind of put it into our, our brand philosophy, right. And came out, we we just released our big chef and our petty knife and, and are about to, uh, right before Thanksgiving, kind of for the holidays, we're, we're, we're releasing kind of a cool, like barbecue chopper. And then, a, and then a long, like briskets, carver, turkey carver kind of thing. Those will be the next two additions to the line. Um, but you know, they're, they're not going <laughs> to dazzle you with beauty there, but, but they're, but they're functional as hell. And, man, the comments we're getting back and the feedback we're getting, we're getting back on these things. It's like, it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, Jeff, I think you, you said you, you enjoyed using yours and, and that's cool, man. That, that's what I want to hear. Like that, that's what I want to hear. I hear, I hear so much of that these days about the culinary stuff that it, it was, it was one of those things I was a little nervous kind of dipping over because I thought it was going to take a little bit away from our kind of mm -hmm. adventure 
kind of target market, right? Um, but damn, I mean, think about it. Like, we cook in our kitchens a hell of a lot more than we, we get to go out and right. chase wild adventure, right? And, um, and the end product of wild adventure typically winds up in the kitchen. So it's like, it's like, why wouldn't we? And so, um, this has been fun. This, this has been, this has been real cool. And, and, uh, I've also heard a lot of stories about some fingers getting <laughs> about taken off by them. So. Yeah, they're, they're definitely <laughs> you know, sharp. You always want sharp <laughs> knives, right? And, um, and, and that, that's, that's definitely what we, we set out to, to achieve, but Man, I, I watch some people with them when I when I show them to them. I'm like, oh, hold on a minute, because one thing about our all of our culinary knives is is we send them out in a Kydex sheath, which is something that a lot of people, a lot of companies don't do. They they send you these knives in these boxes, and it's like, where right. the hell am I going to put that? Yeah. You know, like, and without it being a a, a damn weapon somewhere, and um, so so we you know we actually made Kydex sheaths for all of them, and um, but you know. They are. They do take a little oomph to get them popped open, and and I see some. I'm like, oh boy, man. Well, <laughs> where so are the band aids? So is that what's yeah. next? A little bit more uh, <clears throat> expand the culinary line. That is, like I said, those will be the next two additions that'll that'll come out on our line, and then um, I'm, I had this forever quest of making the lightest fixed blade field knife um i think i've about figured it out and it's super cool and i can't wait to like I've, a couple of eyes a couple of people have laid eyes on it I, I, i'm sure you guys know Wade shoemaker mm-hmm. um he's great buddy like i mean i, I like uh, he, he's he's one of the good guys and um and he actually has one and he's like holy shit this is a game changer like total your game bird changer. knife is i mean your bird knife is already light and this is going to be lighter. This is tapered tang, graphite, all kinds of little features that are just it. It was the it was the product actually of a of a rum drinking session with my buddy Flip Pallet, uh, <laughs> the the fable fisherman. He's he's a mentor and a, and a great buddy. Uh, spent some time down with him at his place. This is right after COVID and and. Um, you know, Flip, if you're listening to this, I'm not saying you're old, but I, but he, you know, he was being very cautious as to not, you know, get out in the world and he was staying pretty put. And so I went down and, and saw him and, and we were talking about knives and about some other stuff. And then we just kind of started kicking around the idea of like, why, why hasn't anybody tried to make the lightest fixed blade knife? Like that a fishing guy could put in his back pocket of his damn board shorts while he's pulling a boat around, right? right? And wouldn't feel it. Or a guy could throw in his pack and he wouldn't even know it was there until he was ready to go use it. And um, so that's been that's been kind of my pet project for a little while. And um, that'll be you will see that after the first of the year. First of the year, hopefully. we can expect it. Well, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna give a shout out to you before we get off here. And my shout out is for Christmas gifts. Now, if you're a guy listening to this, we have a lot of ladies that listen to our podcast too. For a guy and you want to buy something for your wife. The culinary knives, and you can get them engraved because I put Stanfield hunting on mine, not because I wanted my name on them, because I don't want some asshole stealing them from up here. So I put my name on them. Smart. So you that can asshole get, would be me. Yep. And so you can engrave your knife with whatever you want on there to your wife, blah, blah, blah. 
And if you're women listening to this, great gifts for your husbands. I'm telling you Good right now. Good stocking stuffers. Great gifts. And so I highly recommend for your – or if an outfitter wanted to buy them for his guide, or if his guides were listening to this one to buy, make their boss happy, they would buy him some more culinary knives because I'm going to buy me a couple more of those big cleaver knives <laughs> just because I use them around here a lot. But they are great tools, and you need to go and buy those and get them engraved. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, and, and, and you know, we can – that process too. We, we, we spend a lot of time with our website and, and designing it where you can pop on and you, you can do everything from initials and names to actually uploading a logo for, you know, corporate logo, a, a lodge logo, a whatever, you know, if, you, if, if you've got it in a PDF or PNG file, we can actually laser that into the blade itself. I've done some cool ones for some companies and they look badass, you know? Um, and again, also it does. It keeps it at home and not at somebody. <laughs> yep. At least if it leaves, at least if it leaves, you can say, "Hey, you think that's let, let me let me just check this right. out and see." You yeah, know? Um, exactly. I used to have this. I used to have this guy made a bunch of oyster knives for that. On every one of them, he put uh, stolen from Doctor Riddle and put his telephone number on it. Every single damn one of them, he did. Smart man. <laughs> well, listen, yes, yeah, you guys are killing it right now. I, I, I'm so uh, I'm so happy to see you guys are doing so well out there in this industry and you make a great product and you know, that's the end of the day. Like, you know, all the, all the other stuff can, can go by the wayside, but you guys make a, an incredible product. Um, I, I take mine with me every single hunt and I use the bird knife every day. Y'all make an incredible product. Y'all are great people. And, um, your success is it's, it's good to see cause you're one of the good guys in this. Uh, well, thank you guys. I'm, I'm <clears throat> awfully humbled. I, uh, you know, I, again, I think I told you this first time. I was like, "Y'all sure y'all want me on your show? All that good talent and stuff you got on there, man. I, I'm bringing down the bringing down the value of the thing." But I uh, I appreciate that, and um and and you guys kill it too. You know, I, so so many of my buddies. I, I didn't realize like people called me after the show came out last time and were like, "Holy shit, you were on the Big Honker podcast!" And I was like, "Yeah, man." They were like, Damn, you must be doing something these days. And I was like, these guys are fabulous. So y'all keep doing what you're doing too. And and um, to go back and circle all the way back to something we talked about at the first. And again, it's it's I can't I can't do it every day for everybody. But but you know if you have a cause, if you have something going on, um, and and we can help, certainly reach out to us and and let's see if we can do it. Sometimes it might be a no, maybe next year. Sometimes it might be hell yeah, we can do it right now kind of thing. But I, you know, I want to give back, and so if I can use this platform to get that word out, man, this is you know, if I can help in any way to 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 do to do something cool to to, to pay it forward, um, reach out to me. Hey, we appreciate you. God bless you. Have a great Thanksgiving, my friend. And we'll if get you, you ever back get this on way, when, the, when this light uh, yeah. fixed blade knife comes on, we'll get you. We'll get you on after the first of the year. How about that? That sounds perfect. And you boys leave some ducks in the skies for us lowly working people, please. <laughs> we'll sure try. We'll Thank do you. what we can. Thank you, my friend. You have a great uh, day and thanks. have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas to you guys Thank as well. You. Thank you, sir. Bye. Take Bye. care. Uh-huh. It's crazy we're that close to Thanksgiving now. We're here. Yep. Three weeks from tomorrow. Get your carving knife out, people. Yep. You can order it now and it'll get right to you. I'm telling you, that is the best knife. Those, those two knives I use in there are the best knives we have. I got my shank. Yep, well, you keep that to yourself there. Hey, somebody gets a little unruly in your, here. Your prison knife. My prison shiv. All right, thank y'all for listening to us. God bless y'all. Have a great weekend, and peace. Bye. <laughs> 
boys and girls, you need to go check out all of our great sponsors. Please go check out Dive Bomb Industries, Pacific Calls, Boss Shot Shells, MLR Graphics, Hemp Hill Farms, Alf Outdoor Specialty, Stanfield Outfitters, Mossberg, Double T British Kennels, Ducks Unlimited, Lucky Duck, Looking Glass Podcast, Shin Gear, and Dirty Duck Coffee. 